Good morning, Mendocino County and beyond. You are tuned to Wild Oak Living, the program about living, working, and having fun sustainably in Mendocino County and beyond. And we're all about developing local community here on this program. This program comes to you every other Thursday from 9 to 10 a.m. This is Johanna Wild Oak, and I'm the host and producer of this program. If you have any questions or any feedback or suggestions for future programs, please get in touch. Send an email to contact at wildoak.org. That's contact at wildoak.org. Today, we're going to be uh, doing two things. One, in the first half of the program, we're going to be continuing the topic that I started two weeks ago, which is um, featuring uh, grantees of the mini-grant program by North Coast uh, Opportunity uh, to promote mask awareness uh, in our area. And I'll tell you a little bit more about that in a second. And then in the second half of the program, uh, we are going to open up the phone lines and invite you to call in and talk to us about your vision for 2021. Um, I know 2020 hasn't been the ideal year for probably most, if not all of us. Uh, and, uh, and, and I would like to hear what your hopes and, and visions and ideas and what you think and hope will happen for 2021 based on what's happening here in our local community. So that's going to be happening around uh, probably about around 9.30 or so. So right now, let's talk about um, Mask Up Mendocino, the, the Mask Awareness Program by North Coast Opportunity. North Coast Opportunity is a community action uh, organization, a nonprofit that sponsors a lot of, a lot of um, amazing things in our community. If you want to learn more about them, you can go to ncoinc.org. That's ncoinc.org. Um, and one of the programs that they started earlier this year uh, during the first wave of the COVID-19 pandemic was to hand out um, mini grants to people and organizations that uh, want to, uh, in order to promote mask awareness uh, in our county. We're pretty fortunate in the sense that that mask awareness in our and, and also the readiness to wear masks uh, is pretty high in our county, but I think it's probably due to the fact that a lot of people in a lot of organizations, <clears throat> including KZOAX, by the way, promoted that kind of awareness from, from very early on. And um, so I, I just want, and today we're going to uh, be featuring um, a group of people um, uh, uh, associated with the COVID response network, and they're going to tell us what they are doing uh, on the coast in terms of uh, as, as one of the grantee recipients and also as, a, as an organization that came up around responding to the COVID epidemic. But before we uh, go there, I want to just share with you some of the other programs. I had invited um, most of the grant, well, probably all of the grant recipients to join me on the program, but because of the holidays, um, it, it, it uh, ended up... Um, that a lot of people weren't able to join us either during the program before Christmas or during the program today because it's kind of a holiday situation on both days. And so um, I, I just want to share with you a little bit of information for the people who, about the people who weren't um, able to be on. This program is all about direct education, mass media outreach, 
uh, and distribution of materials, masking materials. And um, some of the organizations that are that are involved in this program, uh, and let, let me just quickly take you through the list. Um, and this might not be an exclusive list. There may be others of you who are participating that we haven't captured in this list. And, and if so, please let me know and I will help get the word out about you as well on the future program. So there's the Action Network on the South Coast. Uh, they've been doing uh, two times a week mask distribution. Uh, Consolidated Tribal Health, uh, they've done Halloween giveaways and mask decorations for kids. They've done mask awareness during appointments and they've given out over 2,000 masks so far. Um, the uh, ARRC in Ukiah, they've done a bilingual youth video montage project with kids talking to other kids about COVID masking and they've had two mask giveaway events. And then we've heard uh, last last week, we've heard from Ukiah Vecinos on Acción. Um, they've distribu distributed hundreds of masks and they've developed a mask ambassador program in Ukiah, Anderson Valley, Point Arena on Fort Bragg. They also consult on Spanish language outreach materials and and um, they work with businesses about behavior changes for um, uh, during during this epidemic. Flockworks in Fort Bragg, uh, they are, they've distributed 800 art packs to schools for mask crafts. They're working through teachers and school staff to educate, inform, and inform about masking. And then there is, um, uh, let's see, there are members of the Native American uh, community uh, they are distributing uh, to local reservations. They've distributed over 500 masks so far. The Village Charter School are working with a handful of fourth grade girls to create artistic posters and an original video series for kids about COVID. Um, the Mendocino Coast Children's Fund, we've had Annie Liner on last week. They are distributing thousands of masks to groups around the county with educational material. They're also distributing a lot of other um, help to, to families in need in general, but especially during this pandemic. Um, there are some people making a Spanish language documentary with culturally accurate information about COVID for the local Latino community, especially monolingual Spanish speakers who can't access other programs. That's, that's a big, um, a big, um, um, a big challenge in, in, in our county because there, there are a lot of monolingual Spanish speakers and unfortunately because of their living circumstances and their work circumstances often, um, they are at especially high risk for COVID-19. Um, and then today we're going to be talking about the COVID response network, so we'll hear about that in a moment. And KZYX has also been uh, doing a project to develop, uh, uh, we've, we've been doing the COVID update with Dr. Colfax. If you haven't heard that yet, uh, if you not, don't normally listen in the afternoon, every Monday and Wednesday afternoon from 3 to 3.30, Dr. Um, Colfax is on, True, True Colfax is on live usually, well actually always live either by phone or in the studio. He's an emergency physician from the Ukiah Adventist Hospital, and he gives us a update and takes your questions every Monday and Wednesday afternoon at 3 o'clock. And also Friday afternoon, we usually have a public health update at 3 o'clock as well, or sometimes the our public health officer is on during that time slot. And then Savannah, who works at KZYX, she's, she's creating, she created a youth-focused 
um, program, including a bi-weekly show and, and on-air public service announcements. You've probably heard her public service announcement about mask wearing for young people. So these are just, this is just, just a small list of, sorry about that, small list of, of, um, of recipients of this North Coast Opportunity Grant Program. Uh, all, all designed to promote mask awareness. Like I said, if you are working on a similar program, uh, uh, either with North Coast Opportunities or with other organizations, please let me know. I would love to help you get the word out um, and, and help promote this kind of activity. You can send me an email. The email is contact at wildoak.org. That's contact at w-i-l-d-o-a-k dot o-r-g. All right. Let's now go to um, our guests today. We have, um, we have, make sure I have everybody's name, name right. Um, we have uh, Jane and Sinead Bermudez, who are, and, and Joe Erickson. The, the three of them are uh, working, uh, is it, is it, you guys can go off mute now. Is it, is it at, uh, you're working at the Fort Bragg High School, is that right? Um, no. No, I'll, I'll let I'll let you Jane. I'll, Jane, I'll let you introduce it because I'll probably just get it wrong. Okay, okay. yeah, no, and that's also, fine. And also, we'll be joined by John Gallo, who is with the uh, COVID Response Network, and he'll talk to us about the COVID Response Network. So let's talk about your project, Jane and Sinead and Joe. Okay, yeah. Um, I was just asked to um, join Zoom meetings with COVID Response Network, and the big takeaway I got from the Zoom meeting was this age group of nineteen to thirty-four. Um, that there was a lot of surge and it clicked with me like to get Sinead, my daughter um, and her friend Joe involved just to get that perspective of, of this age group. And mm -hmm. um, so Joe and Sinead are part of Fort Bragg High School. I actually work for the County Office of Education and have an office at the high school, but, um, and then um, John, do you want to speak first just a little bit about um, the map or some of that? Yeah. Yeah. And, and just so everybody gets a good context of this, uh, Jane, Sinead, and Joe are uh, some of the super volunteers of the COVID Response Network. You know, they wear many hats, uh, both being uh, Joe and Sinead being uh, great high school students, Jane doing all her great work with the county, and they're volunteering their time to lead the Mask Awareness Project, which is one of the many uh, project programs of the COVID Response Network. And uh, so, uh, so Joanna, would, would you like me to give an overview of COVID Response Network and all that we're doing and then lead to Jane talking about the Mask Awareness Project, or would you rather uh, go the other way around? Yeah, as long as we make sure we leave enough time for everybody to talk about. So if you could make your overview brief so that we have time for Jane and Sinead and Joe to talk about their project. Absolutely. Yeah, so um, we came together over this course of the summer uh, to form the COVID Response Network, a, a group of concerned citizens. And um, we, we ramped this organization up from zero to 60 real quick. And our mission is to do what we can as concerned people to make a broad, deep, and effective response to the threats of COVID-19. And our pilot region is the Mendocino Coast of California. And after the COVID-19 threat is defeated, we plan to tr transition to a new CRN, the Coast Resilience Network, to address other threatening situations as they may occur in the coming years. 
So we have a phased approach for our organization right now. Uh, first and foremost, obviously, is the is the COVID situation. We are um, not past it. We're actually in many ways going into the darkest times of it. Even though the vaccines are arriving, we've also got the winter arriving, and so uh, things could get real tough. And so what we've done is we've we've developed three goals uh, for the organization that are going to help us guide, help guide us and the volunteers. Uh, you know, it's, it's largely driven by volunteer effort, a large network of volunteers. So the first goal is to halt the spread of COVID-19 uh, by encouraging everyone to wear masks, follow social distancing, wash hands and so on, uh, get tested. Our second goal is to build our resilience as, as a coastal community. And so resilience is the ability to bounce back from multiple it's often simultaneous impacts, including COVID-19, but also rising on unemployment, supply chain shortages, um, public safety power shutoffs, fires, earthquakes, and in some respects, slow impacts too, like the widening gap between the wealthy and the poor in this country um, can just slowly wring the neck of a community like the Mendocino Coast. So we need to build our resilience to those impacts over the years. COVID is just a harbinger of, of things that could come. And then thirdly, we are going to tap into our, our vast expertise and, and network to actually have a third goal known as build the network. Um, we're recognizing that a great way to fight COVID and to build resilience is to really utilize some of these new technologies that we have at our disposal to really just tr uh, transform the way that our community works together as a network. And so really linking together people of shared interests and passions and skills and uh, resources together quickly uh, to be able to respond to crises as well as slow, heavy impacts like the, the wealth gap. And um, so we're working on that as well. And so the board of directors is actually going to be having a retreat here in January to really flesh out what those mean and come up with a plan and a strategy. Um, all the while keeping our eye on the ball right now, which is to fight and resist and, and work together as a team for COVID. And so that is the overview. Um, I would love to hand things over to Jane and hopefully I'll have a chance to also talk about some of the other resources that we have on our website including our compendium of resources uh, of 30 pages to help people get through the COVID response, as well as our survey results. And that website is covidresponsenetwork.net. And so maybe we'll come back to that, but I want to hand things over to Jane because uh, Jane and, and Sinead and Joe and other volunteers as well has just been just done a stellar job with the mask awareness program that wouldn't have been possible without NCO. And so we're also very grateful and indebted to uh, NCO. So thanks, John. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to make it really brief and let the girls have a little time. I just want to say that um, we just jumped in and got these box of masks. And we did uh, just out in front of CV Star Center, like no prep, just tables. And I just want to throw another name out there. It was the three of us plus Gene Smith. Um, helped us on a few of our events and did a drive up where people could drive by and we wouldn't, you know, be able to keep that social distancing. Um, and then we did Safeway, but I want to mention, we really dialed in what I think is important to um, making these events um, 
flow is that we started packaging the educational materials around the pack of five masks. And then we started adding um, nose pieces to the masks so that it would um, have better coverage and people with glasses wouldn't have to go crazy with the steam. And we had it so that we could just lay it on a table and people could walk by to go shopping and Safeway and just grab a pack and they're on their way. Um, and it was all just really tidy. And, and so we started having people prep the kits and the biggest we did um, Safeway, which was huge. Um, we handed out, I think, like 200 packs with five masks in each one. And then we did Harvest Market. And um, we plan to do Harvest Mendoza's. But another thing that we started doing, Sinead and I dropped off and Joe and I went around. Um, and I did little kits of 15 packs of masks. And we left them at stores so that people in the community could just walk up to Columbia, Down Home Foods, Corners of the Mouth, Frankie's in Mendo, um, Cleone, and just kind of spreading out where it doesn't have to be an event. We, they just have a little box with, and people can walk by and pick up a pack of free masks. So I think that's been really successful and I'll keep stocking it up. Um, I wanna let the girls have a little say in in their involvement. Sure. Um, I just wanted to mention that uh, we did also start a, a couple social media accounts because as we're both, uh, she's 15, I'm 16. And um, my mom thought of us when like trying to find people to provide insight for the target age, 19 to 34. And um, we were trying to think of you know, how to actually reach out to people, the youth, and get their attention and, you know, make them want to protect themselves and others. So we started social media accounts. And then we also, as my mom was saying, um, held some events at Harvest and, you know, the other places, Safeway, and handed out the masks at the local shops. So I think that's pretty much what we've been up to. Um, Joe, do you have anything to add? Okay, we, we can't hear you, Joe. We can't hear you at all. I don't know what to do. I, okay, sorry. now we can hear you a little bit. Just come as close right, as possible right. to, to the computer. All right. Uh, I'd like to add that we have been pressing the fact that once you get home, your mask is not just, you can't throw it off you can't stuff it in your pocket you have to be careful and hold it by the straps because there's potential droplets of COVID on it and you want to once you enter your home you're not immediately safe from it you have to still be a little aware and you want to wash them and so the masks we've been handing out it's white cotton masks that you can wash and we're pressing that you wear a different mask whenever you go out and in order to stay safe. This is an important point, right? It's not just about wearing masks, but it's also about being safe with, in, in handling your mask. That's a really important point. Um, what, yeah, what kind I, of... Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. I just wanted to go say ahead, um, that was a huge takeaway for me being involved with COVID Response Network and being on their Zoom meetings. It's just my personal education so that we can also educate others is I, you know, originally just have my mask. I'd like take it off, put it on, hold it all over the place, put it in my pocket, throw it in my backpack and use the same mask for like weeks. 
And that is just not a good practice. Um, so like Joe was bringing up and the education from North Coast Opportunities, you know, it's great that, you know, a pack of five, but like 10 or, you know, having multiple packs is is awesome just because you could wear them. And if you feel like you've been in a shopping center, um, you know, throw that one in the dirty pile. And, and I have a special basket I've made just for dirty masks. And then we wash them and, you know, put a drop of bleach in it. Um, and I think that's been a huge takeaway for me. And that we can like portray out to whoever else we touch. Yeah, that's it's a it's a very important point because the whole idea of a mask is to keep contaminants out, which means contaminants will land on the mask. I mean, that's yeah. I'm, I'm so I'm so glad you brought that up because that is not something that's often talked about. Yeah, um, Sinead, I have a question for you and and for you, Joe. Um, what kind of cha uh, challenges? Uh, what do you think are are some of the challenges as far as reaching young people and and promoting mask awareness? And especially, you know, given the fact that that young people are, I mean, we're all social animals, but but young people are especially social, you know, at that at at the you know at that age, um, and and they want to be together. Um, and what kind of challenges do you see as far as as far as you know safely living during COVID and and that tendency to get together? Yeah, um, I would definitely agree that uh, young people are more prone to like being social. And I'll just see my friends like walk with each other super close down the street or something, and it makes me kind of mad because they feel like they're invincible or they don't want to be educated because then they will have to not, they won't get to be together. But um, I think that it's challenging to like, sorry, to get them to <laughs> have. The cat wants to be in the interview. <laughs> yeah. To get them to have like empathy and want to be educated. So yeah, we tried the um, social media aspect specifically targeting the youth um but it's definitely challenging because people want to be together and ignore you know the reality that that's how it's spread and especially that age group is the ones that are doing the spreading yeah and you know one aspect of the challenge is that is that many people who are spreading it aren't experiencing symptoms themselves mm -hmm and therefore don't even know they're spreading it. And that's, I think, the other aspect of mask wearing, right? Uh, I'm wondering if you can talk about that just for a moment. Uh, it's it's not just um, to protect yourself, it's to protect others, right? Do you, do, you think, do you think that's something that young people are receptive to? I'm not, I know we're really generalizing here because, of course, every young person is an individual. But um, it, it, that's, you know, it, I know you mentioned feeling invincible. Uh, what about sort of the sense of community? Do you come across that? Do you talk to p young people about that? You know, it, it's not just about protecting me. It's about protecting others. Yeah, I think I've heard, like, people talk about um, thinking of their grandparents or, like, putting it in a perspective that, when you're around people, like, next to your friend talking to them without a mask, you're also, like, that could transfer to older folks or people, loved ones. It's not just them that you're affecting. Like, if they say, oh, it's okay, you don't have to wear a mask, it it spreads. It's like a, 
an effect, a ripple effect. You know, it's not just yeah. them. Because they could take it home to their mom or their grandma or, you know, or yeah. other, other vulnerable relatives. Yeah. But also, um, Johanna, part ahead. of like the whole problem is that, um, you know, the students and the young people that are social distancing, like they're not getting a lot of time to have these conversations, <laughs> you know, right. it's like they aren't getting together and they're, a lot of them are staying in, in isolation and so, um, like they said, like they don't want to be educated. Like the people, we just talked to some people at the high school on a Zoom meeting, but those that people that we talked with, they're already like on the same page as us. The people that aren't don't want to talk, or it's hard to reach out to them. Yeah. How, how, how do you think that kind of challenge can be addressed? Um, well, like I said, we've been trying to like post about it um, and reach as many people as we can, and yeah. we like see them at the events or something. Yeah, but just modeling yeah. when we're out for sure. You know, modeling um, good practice. I think that's huge. I think yeah. I think if 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 you see your peers walking around with masks, you know, then then maybe that sends a message. Yeah. Well, we're, unfortunately, with this time is just flying. Um, I just want to invite um, all of you just, you know, to maybe share with us anything I haven't asked you about. Um, and and John, you know, it, maybe you can be at the end, and, and we, you can mention the website again. Jane, do you want to start? What, what what kind of closing remarks about this topic, or about your project, or anything you're planning to do in the future? Um, so the the only thing I really have to say is that. Um, we are. We haven't had kind of a public table out in front in Mendo, and people have been wanting that. Um, we did get some packs and kits down to some well-shopped um, stores in Mendo, so I think that's going to help. Um, but we will be having an event in front of Harvest Mendoza's. Harvest was really receptive. I mean, it's amazing. The stores are, like, so happy to see us. We've gotten really amazing, great response. And when we have the events, it's just so positive. People are so happy and um, really um, thoughtful that, that we're doing this. Um, so, yeah, we plan to do um, Harvest. And I do want to get down to Elk. I know that there's other groups doing Point Arena uh, Action Network, but um, we were going to take a little trip down and just drop some kits off at stores. But we will be putting out... Um, some um, promotion that we'll be doing Harvest Mendoza's. We don't have a date yet. So that's something coming up. Great. Sinead, what, what would you like to leave us with? Um, I just want to give out, push the idea to have empathy and protect yourself and others. <laughs> Sorry for my... You're muted. Sorry, thank you. Joe, do you want to leave us with some some comments before we close? Um, sure, yeah. I on a mental health note during this time, I've always stressed that keeping to your routines that you would normally do outside of COVID is vital. You could eat your three meals, shower in the morning, whatever you do to keep your mindset healthy and to keep your body healthy. 
Thank you. That is such an important note. Yeah, having a routine and keeping yourself going and keeping yourself healthy is really, really, really important. Thank you so much, uh, the, the three of you, for all you, that you're doing on your, on your mask awareness project. And John, do you want to offer the website information and any closing remarks? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I think maybe the, the big picture here is that uh, the Mendocino Coast, in fact, all of Mendocino County is, is one of the most special places on Earth. Of course, I'm a little biased growing up here and everything, but uh, the, we all are. <laughs> yeah, but we've got so much going for us, and and um, we're we're doing a little tai chi move on this. We're taking this and, and really leveraging it, and um, so we welcome anybody who's interested to come join our all team meetings. Our next all team meeting is next uh, Friday morning at 9 a.m. It's on Zoom. You can find out the the location on our website as well as sign up for the newsletter and. Um, you know, we have the potential of really having this crisis actually pull us together more as a community and go into this next decade even stronger. So I encourage anybody that's interested to come join and see what we're about. And the website is covidresponsenetwork.net. It's not .org or .com, it's .net. And um, we still have to do the search engine optimization, so it's even hard to Google it. But we're there, and uh, we welcome any interest, any questions, uh, and, you know, there's contact info on the site there as well. Great. Well, thank you all so much for being on this morning. My, my, my hope is that is that is to see a, a, a continued convergence of all the wonderful thing, groups and, and people that have been working on, on things for a very long time, you know, merging with, with new, merging with, with uh, new ideas and 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 you know having everybody work together that's why i'm doing this show <laughs> that's the whole reason I'm do- that's the whole reason i'm doing this show well thank you thank you all for all the work that you do and thanks for joining us this morning thank you thank you bye thank you, thank you for doing bye fantastic you are listening to wild oak living here on kzyx and z this is johanna wild oak i bring you this program every other thursday from 9 to 10 a.m and um and today we've been talking in the first half hour about the mask awareness program uh, and, and the, some of the activities of the uh, COVID response network uh, on the coast. And, um, and now I would like to take just a few moments to share, share with you some information because today's actually a really important day. Today is the last day of the year, of course. It's New Year's Eve. And what that also means for a lot of not nonprofits and, and, and groups that you can make tax-deductible donations to, to is that it's the last day of the year that you can donate in 2020 and have it applied as a tax credit to your taxes next year. And the special thing about this year is that apparently, and I'm not not a tax expert, but I've just heard this, this is that the, the CARE Act, the CARE that was uh, passed in March, April of last year, of, the, uh, of 20, no, this year, 2020, um, contains a provision that lets you deduct, get take a tax credit for charitable donations, even if you are not itemizing your deductions. So, you know, you might want to change check with a tax expert on this, but um, that's what I understand. And so this this makes it especially, would make it especially useful to make a donation today to your favorite charity, which could include, by, include, by the way, KZYX, um, uh, who has brought, brought you so much helpful and useful 
uh, information about COVID all year long. And KZYX is a nonprofit and not 501c3 that you can make a donation to. And it's really easy to do. You can just call the station at 895-2324 during the day, or you can go straight to the website kzyx.org and make a donation online. There's a big red donate button on the website. And I'm sure everyone at KZYX will, and all your neighbors who listen to KZYX will be very grateful if you can do that. I know it's been a strenuous time as far as finances are concerned for many people, but you know, some of us might still have something to give and, and that would be a really good, a good place to do your giving. Um, another uh, organization that takes donations but that also passes out a lot of help that I just want to quickly share some information about is the COVID-19 Relief Fund of the Mendocino Community Foundation or the Community Foundation of Mendocino County, as it's called officially. And they have um, been following the impact of COVID-19 in Mendocino County, and uh, they have responded by establishing this COVID-19 relief fund to provide basic needs to individuals, families, and organizations that are adversely impacted by, by the pandemic. Um, they have uh, a Save the Day grant program that they've boosted to respond and that may, can make small donations, or I, I guess, um, I'm not sure if it's just small donations, but, you know, if, if you are a nonprofit or an organization that has like a short-term urgent need, uh, the Save the Day grant program uh, can, can help with that. Uh, they have also... Um, uh, created a business innovation and resiliency fund to assist micro businesses to get through the financial impact of shuttering their doors during the shelter in place. Um, and, uh, and also they have uh, various um, other uh, relief activities that you can either avail yourself of if you're a nonprofit or if you are a, um, um, a you know, a, a group that, that needs some help or if you want to donate to that COVID-19 relief fund. This is, of course, a nonprofit organization that is there entirely dedicated to supporting our local community, and they are doing a lot of amazing things, including um, ch supporting children with safety net grants. Um, they provide, uh, as I said, um, relief grants to nonprofits and to small businesses. Um, so... If that is something that you want to support in our communities, that is, um, you can go to their website, communityfound.org, community, F-O-U-N-D, communityfound.org, to either support the, non, uh, the COVID-19 Relief Fund at the Community Foundation, or if you need help, uh, you can also contact them through this website. Another organization that I've, uh, I've featured repeatedly on this program because they do so much wonderful work is the Mendocino Coast Children's Fund. Uh, they do a lot of uh, uh, work to support uh, families in need and especially children, as their name says, but in, they support entire families and they also work with a large network of other organizations together to support uh, the coastal community and other communities in our county. And if that's something you want to learn more about or you want to support them, you can go to mccf.info, mccf.info. Um, and then lastly, and I know this is just a very tiny selection of, of things that you could possibly support, but I also want you to remember the animals. Your local animal shelter can often uh, need help or support that you can donate to. Um, we have a particularly... Um, 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 
needy organization in our county that does uh, does uh, some some very special work as far as animals are concerned, and that's the Milo Foundation in Willits, and they are. They, they, they often take in animals that are hard to place and hard to adopt, uh, and they either try to adopt them back out or they let them live out their lives at their, uh, on, on their land in, in Willits. And, and that's a, a wonderful mission that you can support. That's the Milo Foundation. I don't have their website handy, but if you look up Milo Foundation, M-I-L-O in Willits, uh, I'm, I'm sure you can find them. And there are many, many other nonprofits and groups that can help use your support uh, at the end of the year today is the last day to make that kind of donation there are many organizations that are offering matching grants uh, to match your donation so today is an especially good day also for tax reasons to make a donation to your favorite nonprofits or to causes that you want to support all right now as i promised at the beginning of the program i would like to open the phone lines it has been a really really tough year for all of us and, and we have such high hopes for 2021. We really want 2021 to be better than 2020. And it could be. It really could be. Um, and, of course, it only will be if we envision it that way. That's, I'm firmly convinced that the only way to make good things happen is if you envision good things uh, uh, and and that's sort of that's sort of the driving uh, that's what drives me in doing this program and it's also a personal conviction of mine. Uh, this is this is not uh, fairy tale thinking. It's just simply it's just simply uh, my logical conclusion that uh, you know you can't you can't make good things happen unless you envision good things. Um, and so you know we have hopeful signs. The vaccines are coming, not as quickly as we would want them to, but they are coming, uh, and more and more vaccines are appearing on the market, and that's good news. Um, and you know we we seem to still be in a relatively good situation here um, at the um, in Mendocino County, in the sense that that uh, our hospital resources are holding up so far. But as we've heard from Dr. Colfax, you know that's not something that's something that could change on very short notice uh, if we don't continue to practice mask wearing and physical distances. I, I prefer calling it physical distancing rather than social distancing because I think we actually need a lot more social connection in terms of virtual and phone calls and you know that kind of thing. But we need to do it in a physically distanced way. Um, and so now I would like to give out the phone numbers so that you can join us um, and, and talk to us about your vision for next year. And let's, let's not spend the time commiserating about all the bad stuff that happened this year because, you know, um, I, I like to look forward rather than backwards. Let's, let's look forward. What are your hopes and visions and dreams for 2021, and especially with an eye to sustainability? And the number for that is... 895-2448. Thank you, Eddie. Yes, 895-2448 in the 707 area code. And we do have a call. Hello, caller. You're live on Wild Earth Living. Yeah. Am I in there? Yes. Hi. Um, so some uh, five packs of those white uh, um, cloth masks showed up at the Elk Fire Department. Of course, you know, we wear HEPA 95s when we're out on a call, but those are very useful masks. But they had cloth ear um, loops instead of elastic. And this is funky but works. You can take two or three rubber bands, loop two of them through each of the cloth loops, 
and either tie them together or use a third rubber band to tie them together, and uh, that will tighten the fit on your face. Otherwise, with those cloth masks, unless you have exactly the perfect face for them, you're going to be messing with them to try and keep them on your face when you're working. So just take a couple of rubber bands, and you can make an elastic um, fitting to um, keep those tight on your face. That's a really good tip. Thank you so much for sharing that with us because, of course, you know, everybody has different uh, size faces, and I often see people tugging on their masks all the time. Trying, yeah, and you're trying not to supposed get to do that. Right. Keep your hands off. Yeah. Okay. Right, keep your hands off your mask. Exactly. Yeah. Thanks. Oh, and you know what? I'm so glad that you mentioned the fire department because, of course, supporting your local volunteer fire department is another good thing that you can do if you have any funds left over at the end of 2020. So thank, oh, thank you so much thank for you. mentioning that. Thank you, Joanna. That's so, thank you so much for that. Okay, bye. Thank you. Bye. Yeah, just just quickly want to mention, for years I've been doing a fire safety, wildfire safety program, at least one every year. And I'm now so happy to see that that has uh, evolved into, I think it's a biweekly or a monthly program that the Mendocino Fire Safe Council is now featuring on KZYX on Tuesday, on Tuesday mornings at 9 o'clock. So um, that's another uh, favorite topic of mine, and I'm glad it's now being covered in a more full-time uh, manner. So if you'd like to join this discussion, uh, you know, I'm realizing that if you want to talk about mask wearing and mask safety, that's a great topic to continue talking about as well. Um, in, otherwise, if you have hopes, visions, ideas for 2021, especially as it, as it pertains to our local community, give us a call right now. The number is 707-895-2448. That's 707-895-2448. And while we wait for more calls, uh, the person who just called in mentioned uh, the various different kinds of masks. Um, you know, it's <clears throat> they've done a lot of studies as far as masks are concerned and how much how much they how well they work. Different kinds of masks, uh, and of course, there are differences between various masks. You know, N95 or even N100 N100 masks or surgical masks are going to be slightly more effective than, than cloth masks. But the important thing is, is wearing a mask in the first place. But if you are, you know, in the high-risk group, if, you're, if you have a med medical condition or if you are of an advanced age, um, then perhaps going for the N95 or the KN95 mask would be a, a good idea. And I have some tips about that for getting them to fit, but we do have a call. So let's take that call, and then I'll get back to mask fitting it after that call. Go ahead, caller. Um, yes, I was just wondering and hoping that um, we have a plan for the people that are going to actually have to move out because they won't have money for um, paying rent towards the end of the year or right now. And I'm just wondering if everyone else will hope the same thing, that we get a plan going because if we wait till it's happened, then we have to start from there and i haven't heard any plans of anything like that happening so hope it's gonna happen thanks thank you for your call you bring up a really really important topic and that is you know the 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 uh, pending evictions and the inability of people to pay their rent especially in an area like ours where rents are so high to begin with and if you can't pay your rent for a couple of months that adds up to very large amounts very quickly uh, and unfortunately, I don't have a magic wand that I can offer for that. Um, 
might you know some thoughts to offer uh, the hopefully the new the new the latest um, support package coming out of Congress will help a little bit with that uh, as far as uh, extending the eviction moratorium and and providing some funds and extending the unemployment um, the additional unemployment compensation but i would i would like to encourage everyone who is dealing with this with this issue first of all to reach out to others and get together um, because there is power in numbers uh, and then to reach out to your supervisors and to push your supervisors to reach out to the state and to the feds you know to get this topic and to keep it on everybody's attention list because this is a hugely important topic. It doesn't help anybody in the middle of a pandemic to suddenly have people living in the street. There are also uh, uh, activities underway. For example, um, Chris Skyhawk sent a really uh, great message on the announced list serve yesterday. Yeah, okay. I, I Here we have another call. I just want to mention that about... Um, uh, these these uh, st small structures that that people can build very inexpensively to house to house people who have who don't have a home. Um, so uh, if you want to have more information about that, um, you can reach out to Chris or you can contact me at contact at wildoak.org. I think I'm going to do a, a program about that topic in the future. And we do have another call. Welcome to Wild Oak Living. <laughs> Yeah, thanks. Uh, I'm back. Uh, so this is John. Uh, this is a fascinating question. Thanks for raising the question about proactive vision, about where we're going and where, where things could be um, optimistically. Uh, I have a hope that this last year was so tough in so many ways that it was a wake-up call for enough people in our county, uh, in our state, in our country, in our world for people to say, whoa, is this the world that we want to live in? And, and enough people will have woke up and say, wait, we're on the wrong path. If we look at the trend that humanity is going, uh, it's not going to be pretty come 2050 or 2100, let alone 2030. And if enough people have woke up to that, then maybe we will finally have enough momentum and inertia to um, make real change as opposed to just these incremental steps that, that have been happening. You know, so like um, real fundamental change in the way that we interact with each other and in our planet and, it, and reaching true sustainability. And, yeah. of course, this isn't going to happen <laughs> everywhere uh, all at once uh, with all... Uh, same amounts, but I've hoped that places like Mendocino County can actually become a beacon uh, in the fact that we'll have enough inertia, enough momentum, you know, enough people of our 87,000 people will have woke up and say, you know, let, let's, let's make the change here and show the world what it looks like, and we can actually become leaders as, as far as a blueprint for, for where things are going. And uh, so those are the kind of things I like to think about when I'm being optimistic and looking forward, you know. And then I then I you know get back to reality and say, "Whoa, we got a lot of work ahead," and and uh, the chances of all that are slim. But there's no no reason to not hope for it. And like you said, it's not going to happen if you don't visualize it. So um, great question, and, and again, great show. Thank you. Thank you so much. And you know what? Uh, I learned from Margaret Mead the. Um, the famous uh, anthropologist, um, that change is usually made by a small group of people. 
And so in order to change, in order to make change, if one person reaches out to one other person, and if that, if that chain continues, we can make a lot of change. And, and as John, the caller just said, we can model that change for a lot of other communities. Do we have any more calls, Eddie? Nope. Okay. And that, in that case, Yes, thank you. In that case, um, I, I will continue with the 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 mask the mask fitting. Uh, so, if you are wearing a a KN95 or an N95 mask that has the rubber ear loops that go around your ears, or that has the the rubber bands that go around your head, what I'm seeing with a lot of people is, especially for the KN95s that come folded in half. Uh, which bends the the metal band on top of your mask into into like a V shape, and what I've learned from uh, various doctors that have uh, YouTube videos is that you're supposed to before you put this mask on, you're supposed to take your finger and press this uh, V shaped metal band flat where it sits on your nose, uh, or at least uh, you know press it so that that V shape goes away and turns into more of a curve. And then put the mask on and then take your, your finger on each side and then sort of press down the metal, you know, from the tip of your nose down on top of your cheekbones until you get a nice uh, tight fit. Um, and then stand in front of the mirror or, or in front of your car mirror and breathe in and out. You're supposed to see the mask moving in and out as you're breathing. That tells you that your mask is fitting tightly enough. So that one, you're not breathing out things if you happen to be a symptomless uh, spreader, or that if you happen to be asymptomatic, or if that you're not breathing in somebody else's virus particles. Uh, so it really should fit tightly enough to where the mask actually moves in and out as you're breathing. And then put your glasses on on top of the mask rather than under the mask so that you have less of a problem with, with fogging. And, you know, I'm kind of paranoid, so if I go into a situation where I feel especially at risk, I will put a surgical mask on top of my N95 mask. I know that seems kind of overkill, but um, it just makes me feel a little bit safer. But um, the important thing, regardless of what mask you wear, as the first caller mentioned, you have to make sure it fits securely uh, on all areas of your face, that, it, that, it, that you don't have any big gaps. Uh, a lot of people worry too low on their nose. And and that that creates big gaps on top of your cheekbone, and um, and and you know all of that just makes the mask a little less useful. So, just some tips. Um, and there's lots of YouTube videos that show you how you can tighten the ear loops. For example, you can cross them in front of your ears before you put them on your ears. That makes them a little bit more tight. Or as the first caller mentioned, you can use rubber bands that you loop through the ear loops. Um, and 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 make the mask fit your face a bit, little bit better, especially if you have a small face. So uh, we have about, uh, oh, I would guess I would say six minutes left in this program. That means we have time for a couple more calls. I would love to hear your visions for 2021, your visions for the future coming out of this pandemic. Uh, the, the, the previous caller had a really inspiring vision about Mendocino County being the change that we want to see and being a beacon for the world to follow. I love that vision. If you have other thoughts or specific thoughts or, you know, whatever it is that you want to put out there to vision for us for the future, give us a call right now at 707-895-2448. That's 707-895-2448 to join this conversation here on Wild Oak Living. This is Johanna Wild Oak, and this program that you're listening to is called Wild Oak Living. It comes to you 
every other Thursday from 9 to 10 a.m. and alternates with the Cannabis Hour, which is also a very interesting program. Um, and a lot of a lot of innovative things happening in that arena as well. So give us a call, 895-2448 in the 707 area code to join this conversation. Um, while I'm waiting for more calls, um, I want to let you know that uh, I have lots of ideas for next year for topics that I want to cover on Wild Oak Living. Uh, if you have ideas uh, about topics that I should cover, if you are, okay, we do have a call. Or if you're an organization that wants to, uh, you know, get the word out about the good work that you're doing and the solutions that you're offering to our community, give me a, a send me an email, contact at wildoak.org. That's contact at wildoak.org. And we do have a caller. Caller, you're live on Wild Oak Living. Welcome. Thanks. I just want to let people know about something I learned at the uh, surgery suite at Howard Hospital when one of my friends was getting surgery. They, they, in prepping her, they swabbed her nose with a little, um, this was a year ago, um, with a little like Q-tip thing. And I said, what's that for? And she said, it's to keep the bacteria and the virus out of her nose. And uh, when COVID hit, I called them and I said, what is that stuff that you do to protect uh, the, your patients before they go into surgery? And they said it's called Nozin, N-O-Z-I-N-E. And I looked it up and I, uh, they have a medical grade for your doctors where you have to have a license, but they also have a commercial grade, and I got some. This was way early in February, and I use it like when I have to go to places like my dentist where I have to take my mask off. Uh, The dentist wears a mask, but I feel really at risk there. So Nozin, N-O-Z-I-N, is a if they're still in stock, they sold out of stock really quickly, but it's something that can protect your nose under your mask after you wash your hands standing 10 feet away from me. Okay. You want to, you're muted. Thanks. Caller, are you still there? Oh, Eddie, did did you do catch the spelling of that? I, that, that? My connection broke up whenever she tried to spell the name of that. I did not. I'm sorry. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. Well, maybe maybe uh, others on the air heard it better than I heard it here because I'm on Zoom and my connection broke up just 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 as she was spelling the name of that. Um, Okay, well, we have only about two minutes left, so if we have time for one more quick call, if you're going to give us a call, 707-895-2448. Oh, thank you, N-O-Z-I-N, N-O-Z-I-N or N-O-Z-I-N-E. Thank you so much. All right, great. Um, That's Okay, so if you want to give us a quick call here about doing some visioning or some other helpful information you want to share, 895 2448 in the 707 area code. Otherwise, uh, I'm just going to talk a little bit about, um, again, support your favorite nonprofits. Today is a good day 
you might be able to get a special tax credit out of the CARES Act. Again, check with the tax advisor to see how that would work for you. But my understanding is that you can take a special $300 tax credit out of the CARES Act. And a credit means that's a deduction off of your taxes that you owe. Uh, that's that that you can take even if you don't itemize. That's what I've heard. Again, I'm not a tax expert, so so do check if you want some verification on that. And we have one minute to go on this program, so I'm just going to let you know. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to Wild Oak Living during this past year and during all the previous years. Um, I am so honored and happy that this program, Wild Oak Living, has been on KZYX for such a long time and that I have opportunities to bring you solutions and good ideas and to talk about all the good things that are happening in our community and beyond and i'm hoping to be able to universe willing continue doing that next year again if you have any questions or feedback send me an email contact at wildoak.org that's contact at w-i-l-d-o-r-g and we have 10 seconds and thanks for listening and a happy 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 healthy 2021 for everyone thank you so much This has been a production of KZYX Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ Willitson Dukaya 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM, Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. You can check out our website at kzyx.org to find more content like this and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thanks for listening.